Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. Welcome back from the Stash Podcast. Lovely, lovely to be back. Huge appreciation to all the people listening and watching. It's amazing to see the growth as quick as it is. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not used to seeing that, at least on our channel, how, how rapid no. this is growing. Huge, huge. It's, it's wonderful to see the growth. It's great to see that there's a, there, there's a demand for the content. And thank you. Thank you guys for watching. This is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the first episode has, what, almost 10,000 views, which is crazy. Uh, 4,000 views for the second episode, almost 3,000 views for the third episode, which is just I mean, for a channel with 2,000 subscribers, that's incredible. So yeah, I right. uh, appreciate huge, everyone huge out there that, uh, you know, has been watching. Comments have been huge. Uh, I've been looking through them and kind of uh, replying if people have any additional questions. Um, that helps out tremendously with as far as like ranking, um, showing up under suggested. Um, and then, of course, sharing is another thing that, that helps as well. So thank you guys for, uh, for doing that. Thanks oh, for yeah. giving us a reason to just sit, chill, and chat, man. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, this is like I said, man, I love the creativity and the freedom to be able to smoke and shoot the shit with you guys, man. You know, usually we're only just talking grow. And today, actually, we are going to talk grow because I just ran into an issue with a grow me that for him was like end of times. He thought it was end of it. He was done. He was going to burn it all down. But IPM, man, IPM is key. Mm -hmm. Integrated pest management. If you're not taking care of those pests, if you're not preventing those pests, well, you're going to wind up freaking out like my buddy did because he was in full panic mode, man. He bought every, like every product at the grocery store. I was like, what the fuck happened? They let you check out with all this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. And they, just, and they just want you to buy as much as possible, right? So they're, yeah. they're trying to make sales. So um, it's, Same yeah. thing happens when you go to buy nutrients. You, know, you don't need the 20 <laughs> bottles that they're going to sell you. You're good with the three you know, to start off. But you're right. You're right. Uh, IPM, pest management... It can be a very intimidating, very daunting task. But I think in reality, if you take the proper steps at the beginning, get that foundation, the rest is just a matter of routine, diligence, and, 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 and attention. Absolutely. You know, I think the, that's the biggest thing to touch on right away is prevention. Biggest key to prevention, in my opinion, and I'm, I got to believe you guys probably agree, cleanliness Cleanliness Number is one. huge. It's, it's such a big fucking factor. And people overlook that where they think, I spilled a little bit of dirt on the ground when I was watering. I'll get it tomorrow. Then it happens again. And it happens again. And it happens again. Dust build up. The fans just build up with soot and grime over time. I mean, all these little variables that seem like nothing that can add up basically to an environment that a pest is going to thrive in. And sometimes can completely develop in, which is even crazier depending on what you have with like the gnats and even with aphids, certain things. That larva can develop if you've got the right or the wrong atmosphere. That's yeah, right. absolutely. Um, so what I usually do um, to kind of to begin is, is start clean, uh, like, like you had mentioned, is uh, I don't do a perpetual grow. So I have a, a short period of time between grows. And what I'll do is I'll actually physically take everything out of not only the grow tents, but my grow room as well, where my grow tents are in. And I'll wash everything down with a bleach cleaning product. Um, now, uh, you know, just a basic sponge or a rag and wiping down, um, going from the grow tent walls, the floors, the ceilings. Um, I do the, the ducting, actually outside of the ducting, the inline fan, even my grow room walls, my, my grow room floors, just 
everything, try to eliminate every single chance um, that a pathogen could be kind of lingering around and, and trying to prevent it uh, altogether. Um, so I'll do that uh, in between every single grow and also do a kind of a not as in-depth of cleaning to where I'm wiping down all the walls and stuff, but a cleaning between switching from veg and flower. I'll do another a base cleaning as well. And that kind of helps with um, cat hair. I struggle with, with cat hair coming into my grill. I don't know if you guys, I think you guys have pets. Yep. Um, that's another thing that helps uh, with cleanliness in the grow room. So that's kind of how I start uh, my grow is wiping everything down. That's a, that's a great, that's a great way to do it, man. Keep the garden clean. That is, that is a number one um, tip that you have to give to anyone when it comes to pest management and just stress relief in general. I can't, I'm sure you guys are the same way. I can't count how many times uh, um, fans or, or, or members of my community send me pictures of their garden and it's either littered with dead leaves. There's, (sighs) there's dirt and grime all over the floor and I kind of just want to cringe and they're asking me in terms of why do they have a deficiency or why do, and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out, whoa, 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 you need to, you need to step up. Your deficiency is the last year issues at this point. Um, but clean, keeping your garden clean is definitely a, 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 a number one variable to pest management. But I also think that personal cleanliness and routine is also very quick to follow. I, I feel that as, as someone who wears their shoes in the house, I, I, I walk from outside into my house. If I was to go straight into my garden, I'm bringing those pests and those, and those, those pathogens. That disease is coming into my garden via the bottom of my shoes. Uh, so uh, when it comes to keeping my, my garden clean, my number one variable or, or uh, prevention is actually keeping myself clean. My routine is to get up in the morning, take a shower. I come out of the shower. I get dressed. I go downstairs and I actually do my garden chores as the very first thing that I do in the day. Uh, I find that this helps me, A, wake up in the morning. It's nice to just not inundate yourself with the news, social media, uh, really anything. Just go downstairs, get a little, get straight into the garden. At this point, I'm clean. I haven't been outside. I haven't been to work. I have done nothing but out of the shower into the garden. And then, as I mentioned before, I I never, I'm I'm only in the garden maybe once, once a day. To minimize that that very that very thing that the 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 pests getting into the garden. So yeah, routine and individual clean cleanliness is is huge when it comes to uh, integrated pest management. Yeah, I mean honestly, I have been victim to my own ignorance in that sense, man. Uh, for years, you know, I've always had an outdoor garden, not for cannabis, but for just fruits and vegetables and things like that. My son loves plants in general, so we usually have some sort of garden outside and. One thing that definitely has been my issue is going inside after dealing with that outdoor garden and not completely sanitizing myself, like stripping down, changing everything that I'm wearing way before I even get anywhere near the grow. And I've brought in powdery mildew in that case. I had cucumber plants that had a little bit on there, didn't notice it, was just outside trying to move quick, brought it in, brought the spores, boom. And it's when that happens, it's hard to get it out of there. You know, when you've already kind of brought that issue there, if you haven't got that environment completely dialed in and clean and taken care of everything, you're basically leaving your room susceptible to that. And if you don't think first before you do stuff, I mean, this was years ago, obviously, but it still can happen even years and years later in the game. You can be outside walking into the house, not even thinking about it and have your shirt touch, you know, a plant, just gently brush it. And you may have powdery mildew. You may have gotten mites or some other random pest on you. And that just traveled into your room, which also can get onto your plants. 
So that's a huge thing, you know, personal hygiene. You got to pay attention to that every single time because you never know where you're at, whether it's someone else's garden or just outside. It's a huge risk. That's yeah. I, that's big. Uh, you just said, I'll just touch on that. In someone else's garden, that's a big one too. If you're visiting a friend's garden or anyone else's garden, taking in clones, oh, that's yeah. actually, that's where my, um, my pests actually began. I never had pests until I took a clone from somebody who did. I had, I had spider mites. And wow, wow. So I've, I have a rule of thumb in my garden that I refuse to take outside plants into my garden. Now, I'm sure there's quarantine and things that you can do to those plants and IPMs to bring them in, but fuck that. My plants, my house, that's it. Yeah, I, I've gone so far as to take off my shirt before walking into my grow room, taking off my pants before I walk into the grow room, um, and also washing the hands uh, is very important before you actually touch your plants, especially if you're a smoker. Uh, you know, if you're smoking cigarettes and not washing your hands, there is a potential for TMV, uh, tobacco mosaic virus, uh, to um, be on your plants. That's pretty common, I guess. Um, I've never experienced that, but, um, you know, Google it and, and you'll read up and see uh, horror stories on it. Um, but yeah, and one other thing I want to touch on that I didn't touch on last time, if you're using a cleaning product, um, you know, wiping down your walls or whatever. If you're using, you can use just regular bleach, but you definitely want to dilute it down. A uh, quick story, um, several years ago, it's probably five, five, six years ago now, I made the mistake of not diluting down enough uh, as much as I should have. And, um, and then also not having enough ventilation uh, oh. as I should have. And so, uh, unfortunately, I was breathing in that bleach, uh, and that's dangerous. I'm pretty sure it's lethal. Um, yeah. And, you know, what happened to me, unfortunately, was I got really sick. I ended up eating, actually, I remember this very vividly, is I got McDonald's, ate McDonald's, ate like three double cheeseburgers or something like that, projectile vomited after the Exorcist fact. Exorcist style. Then went to sleep. I was so tired, I ended up going to sleep. Slept for several hours and then I still woke up and I wasn't 100%. Took me like several days. I felt like my breathing was impacted. So if you are using those bleach cleaning products, ventilation, 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 make sure you open up a window, you have your inline fans going, exhausting out the room, whatever. And then you're, you know, diluting that bleach down um, to the proper ratio. Yeah, that's a huge, huge tip there, man. A lot of people, I don't think if they're not regular cleaners, if they're not taking care of stuff like that, they may not think about that. You may want to just go get one of the pre-mixed bottles of the bleach cleaning sprays, you know, yep. something like that. So you don't got to worry what I about do that. Now. Yeah, yep. good idea. You don't want to pass out either. Your garden be- is a confined space. You yep. need to treat it as such. Um, and, and, you know, and you just said it. cleaning can be bleach. That could be very dangerous. Uh, so, yeah, a little homework can go a long way. A little homework can go a long way. And that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris. Well, so let's say like you've got your plants already there and pests do make their way in or other issues do make their way in. In my opinion, you want resilient plants and that could be just resilient strains or healthy, strong, solid plants because the healthier your plant is, the less it's going to be susceptible to pests and to disease and issues like that. Using things like silica early on to get that plant wall strong and healthy so that way if they do end up having those pests come in, it'll be more strong and resilient to it. It's not going to be such an issue and you could fight them off and have more management and it's not going to be an infestation. Yeah, one of the things I like to do um, for IPM, I do it uh, occasionally, um, every few grows, whenever, whenever I feel like it might need it, is um, 
a spray that consists of essential oils. So I mostly use peppermint spray. And what I'll do is you mix, uh, I have the chi right here. Uh, my recipe is 32 ounces of water mixed with one um, teaspoon of Dr. Bronner's soap as a surfactant, and then five drops of essential oil. So I personally use peppermint oil, uh, but you can use all sorts of different oils, um, mm -hmm. rosemary oil, rosemary. Yep. Um, you can mm -hmm. use tea tree, um, lavender, cedar wood. Um, so just Google it and, and find out what pests you're trying to deter. And then um, you'll know which oil to use. And then it's always advised to kind of um, use a variety of oils. Um, so one week, for example, use peppermint, maybe the next week using rosemary and so on and so forth. And so I'm, once a week is really when I'll do a spray. Uh, when I do that spray, I will... Um, I'll do it before the lights go off. Um, now, a lot of people are, are kind of veteran growers know this. You never really spray your plants with anything when the lights are on. Um, that could do harm to your plants. So it's pretty much always advised to do it before the lights turn off or when the lights are off, um, spraying down your plants real well, both the top of the leaves as well as the bottom of the leaves. Um, and then, you know, 12 hours later or six hours later, whenever those lights turn back on, um, the plant should be dried by then. So when the light shines on it, it shouldn't do any harm. But um, that's the spray that I like to do uh, during the vegetation stage when the plants are young and I don't spray in flower. And that has helped deter um, a decent amount of pets, pests for me. Yeah, I have a very similar, very similar uh, uh, system in my garden. I use the same. I use peppermint oil, rosemary oil, and neem oil. I do an application, one application every three weeks switching applications every time so neem uh one every uh once every three weeks followed by peppermint once every three weeks followed by uh rosemary once every three weeks so it, it, it alternates because you don't want to continue using as you mentioned one solution these pests are very or can be very resilient and then they can build up a tolerance to whichever uh oil or spray that you're using at any particular time so that's why you want to change it up um also want to just meant, uh, uh, build on the point of you do the homework of which pests you have are going to react the best to any particular oil. You know, um, mites, I, I find, uh, are, are uh, great to, uh, to deter with rosemary, peppermint, and neem. Um, if you have fungus gnats, I, I could see how that's not as, might not be as... Um, um, uh, advantageous to you um, but just do a little bit of homework in terms of which bugs are going or which pests are going to react positively or negatively to any particular oils um, now granted uh, i'm sure you guys are the same uh, prevention is key right i apply an ipm even though i have no pests uh, or i'd rather not to be so ignorant even though you think you don't have any pests you should be still applying an ipm fairly regularly. It's an integrated pest management system, meaning it's integrated into your routines. It's not a, it's not a reactionary system. It's a, it's a proactive, uh, um, uh, it's a proactive situation in terms of trying to prevent pests. So you want to do it before you see pests. Yeah, okay, not yeah for sure. <laughs> well, if you don't, you know, that's the problem is they come in and they're going to already be more resilient. Your plants are going to be more weak. They're going to be beat down and taking some stress already. So not only is it going to hinder your performance of the plant, but it's going to make it a little harder for you to actually eradicate these pests. You know, something I use actually is kind of a hybridized version. I've got Dr. Bronner's 18-in-1 uh, peppermint oil soap. So it's kind of already mixed in there. 
And then I use Green Cleaner. That's my other product I use, which that's basically just essential oils also mixed together in the right formula. They say they take out everything. It's more management. But I noticed that really might seem to be the number one thing for that. You can do also a drench with this, and that would be for something, any flying bugs that are going down in the, the medium like aphids or gnats. But the biggest thing for that I've seen has definitely been for mites, spider mites in particular. And they have for russet mites. Thank God I haven't dealt with that. But in my 13 years of growing, man, I have seen and dealt with almost everything other than russet mites. Knock on wood. Don't want to deal with that. But um, I've seen some crazy shit, man. I've gone over to gardens where it was a complete web vest where I was like, burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> and they were like, I can't. I've got too much into this. We need to pull it. And I'm like, uh, 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 you better put a disclaimer. If you see anybody with this, it's horrible. But we were able to salvage what they did, I guess. And they just turned it into hash. And I was like, all right, whatever, man, do your thing. But I mean, in a scenario like that, you're that far gone. Yeah. I would probably just cut the plants down. Like, you got to. You this isn't it. the 90s. This is not Mexican brick. We are not taking everything that you press into it. Like, get rid of it at that point. Uh, there is there is this weird... Sorry if I'm cutting you off, Chris. There is this weird like misconception out there that if you've got powdery mildew or... Bu you can turn it into concentrate? Like, that's Bad. nasty. Don't that's do nasty. that. You're just... You, what makes you think that you're not concent concentrating the mold and the bugs? Like, like I... Ew... Ew. I, yeah, unless you're cooking like, it off in some sense, once you'd be removing your terps and you're getting rid of most of the beneficial portion of that cannabis. Right, right. What's and I'm, the I'm, point? Like, I'm, I'm an advocate for washing your butts. Like, I, I am. I, it's, it's a practice that I've done for a very long time, and I've, I've, I've washed every harvest. But that only goes so far. There's, you know, I. That's to get off, you know, dust, dirt, hair, grime. Maybe some, 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 I don't know, fuck it, a wolf spider or something. You know what I'm saying? This is not going to get rid of webbing. This is not going to get rid of powdery mildew. You know, there are some CO2 uh, or there are some peroxide um, recipes out there. Ones, yeah. yeah. In terms of washing your buds. But I feel as if there's, a, there's even a fine line in terms of what it's going to take care of versus, you know, what it can't. Um, so, yeah, there, ugh. I couldn't imagine. If you see webbing on your plants... Oh, it gives me the creeps. It, it's done, man. Like, it's done. Like, don't get me wrong. I know spider mites... I've had... I've dealt with them over such a long time. Very, like... It fluctuates. It's up, it's down, it's gone, it's here, it's there. But it's like... If there's anything I've learned, they're, they're very communal. You know? They could sit on one plant and not touch another plant. I, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. But they the seem to like terps. They, the, the, the reality is, though, is as soon as you see webbing in your garden, there's mites everywhere. You're not seeing them everywhere, but they are everywhere. It's, it's gross. They're micro, like they're small. They're small. And um, yes, you can push through a small presence of mites and thrips and, you know, these, these, these minor pests. But there's a point at which you've got to throw in the towel and you have to say enough is enough. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to not have to deal with spider mites myself. However, um, pretty recently, my girlfriend's mother had spider mites on her lemon tree outdoors. And uh, she actually went on vacation for a week and I saw the lemon tree and I'm like, you got spider mites here. And um, it was so quick. Like I, I was kind of surprised not really having much knowledge about spider mites, but it seemed like that week that she was gone on vacation, like it just, the plant didn't survive. It like, it was completely webbed. Um, 
she tried to, you know, blow it off with a hose. That's one way to kind of go about it, but that's not going to be foolproof. Um, but it was gone pretty, pretty quickly there with spider mites. So, uh, acting fast, I think is definitely a key thing, uh, particularly when you have spider mites. And you can um, battle them. You can, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's been, um, several people have posted my forum that have, um, mentioned their battles that they've gone through with them. Um, one thing that I do come across pretty often is, is fungus gnats. And uh, I'll speak about that for a minute is basically um, one easy way to uh, help with fungus gnats is the yellow stickies. And a lot of people put those yellow stickies in their garden. Um, you can have them hanging in your garden. You could put them by the soil. I just kind of place them by the soil. Um, I think some come with like a stick so you can, you can attach the stick to the yellow sticky, then stick into the soil. I saw on uh, Mr. Canucks Grow, I don't know if you guys saw his video where he actually cut them into pieces and stuck them around the inside of his grow pot, his plastic oh, grow I saw pot. That in so I thought that was before, pretty yeah. cool. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. That's like I thought uh, it came made like that. I was like, where did you buy that? They're like, I just cut it in strips. It's like they replied from 2009. I was like, holy wow. shit, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's a real grow me right there. Yeah, that's thoughtful. Um, but for fungus gnats, uh, neem is a good thing that you can spray on the top. I, I've never done it, but kind of read about that. Um, I usually let the mo- the medium dry out, right? So the 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 bugs are going to thrive in wet mediums. So particularly with soil, um, whenever I have fungus gnats, I'll just let the medium dry out to the point where really the plant, you know, is kind of real drooping down, like pretty extreme. Uh, and then I'll add water in and really at that watering, they're just about gone between that and the sticky traps. That's my way of kind of battling those pests. That's good tips, man. And when it comes to those fuckers, it's so difficult to get rid of them without like getting rid of everything. And some people would be like, nah, it's easy. And, and kudos to you. That's great that you're able to t- t- take care of business because others who struggle with it for various reasons, let's say, you know, I dealt with fungus gnats and I also dealt with another little flyer that was a real dick, was root aphids, winged root aphids. Those were more mature. And that's when I was still running with soil. And with that time, it was coming in the medium itself. The soil wasn't being stored properly. So I was buying it from the grow store and I kept like reinfesting my grow every time. I had to quit using this medium. It was a local blend mm-hmm. and it was one that I really, really liked. But in the summertime, every time, the whole entire growth store, everybody who got it got root aphids. And I didn't know what the problem was. That was the issue is I just kept having decaying leaves. I'm like, what is going on here? Why is it consistently looking like my plant is, you know, decaying? Like, I don't understand. Am I deficient? Is it toxicity? Is it a pH issue? And I tried everything. And then eventually I stirred up the soil just a little bit. And all of a sudden, all these things started flying. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? And when I did, what was crazy is I was growing this uh, lemon skunk at the time. All of them went onto my buds. They literally mm. stuck to the buds and they became like dormant. They, they looked like they were dead, but they were still alive and they were stuck all over just one plant. And I was so mad. I love the flavor of that bud. So I just cut it all down and I had to throw it away. I mean, I was so mad. They just covered the buds. I've never seen it. It, it was like the sweetness of the terpene. I think they really enjoyed. I had a comparable scenario with Can you mites. you blame them? Well, that's what I'm saying. Mites seemingly also, a couple of them, depending on what you have in the room, they seemingly like more of that, that lemonine type of sharp, danky lemon terp. And I, I clearly very obviously per strain, but sometimes that can be a good thing because if you've got one plant that's harboring all of this stuff, mm-hmm. kill them all. Take it all out. Kill that one plant. Take, and you got everything. You're pretty much, that's the base. You're taking it from the roots. I mean, from the root, basically. You're nipping it in the bud. I've had too many times where I've kept a plant around like, ah, it's dank. I'm going to keep it going. And I clone it. 
and I keep running it and it's just keeping these pests around longer and longer and longer and longer. And I go four cycles and I still have the same issue that I'm battling when I should have just nuked it, started new, yep. got rid of yep. it. Yep. Yep. Nuke it. Nuke it. That's that knowing when to throw in the towel. And as you know, I, I'm, I am a perpetual grower. I, and maybe this is something we should check on, t- touch on because it is difficult as a perpetual grower to, as you said, Chris, to take everything out and clean it all because there's always plants there's always plants in my garden and, and and not just one or two and now right now actually might be the anomaly but there's typically anywhere between four seven plants in each of the gardens and there's no point at which one garden is down and the other one is up so that regular into yeah, i repeat it it's an integrated pest management system uh, you have to integrate time to get into your garden turn on a vacuum, get the Swiffer going, get down on your hands and knees and pull out those Lysol wipes and just clean your garden, clean your garden. You need to wipe down your fans. That has to happen. You have to rub your walls. You got to clean the door and, you know, and, and in your garden, while the, wind, while the air is circulating, there's actually dead spots. There's parts in your garden that don't get any air circulation, believe it or not. And it's normally in the corners. And you'll notice that that's where all the hair and all the dirt and it all starts to build up. And you got to find those spots and you need to pay attention to them. I'm fortunate that I get to take my plants out of my garden at least every two, three days and for a watering because I have a watering hole. That's an opportunity for me to get in there and clean the garden, you know, and, and have that have that moment of satisfaction of knowing that I'm doing what it takes to prevent them. Um, but yes, ha- having, having, having the time to get in there and clean regularly. And even when you do a harvest, you, you know, sometimes I'm only harvesting three of those seven plants. So it's never, never a dull moment in the, in the flower room. You still got to get in there, make sure that you're, you're, you're wiping things down and just getting hands on uh, because it, they'll, hit, they'll, they'll sneak up on you. And they'll hit you. And it's not a matter. It, hats off to the wise man himself, grateful grower. It was him that told me it's not a matter of if you get pests. It's when you get pests. You do not want to be complacent. You will have pests. So the last thing you want to do is the last thing you want to do is have to throw your plants, right? That's there's nothing worse than growing your plants all the way up into the flowering stage. Been having to toss them out two so, weeks yeah. from flower because you yeah. know that yeah yeah we, i've happens. been there i've been there yeah i've been there and then i think that's what got me on that tangent you have to be willing to throw in the towel no one to no, hold it, them no one to fold them it kind of happened no to one me. to run that <laughs> <laughs> too it happened to me kind of recently and and this isn't you know a direct pest but um you know pathogen is is i actually got bud rot um and mm-hmm. it's was on one of my recent videos probably about um three to six months ago, a video on my main channel um, talking about the bud rot experience I had. So uh, bud rot is something that what happened for me was my fan, my oscillating fan died overnight. And with bud rot, it's, it's mold and mold spores are virtually everywhere. Right. So um, all it really took was uh, in these, these plants, I didn't train at all. So I had this one thick cola coming up on the buds and with no air circulation going through um, no air going through those buds, those mold spores just settled. And overnight they settled, they started to grow. I fixed the problem, but you know, I'm pretty sure with the, the buds being so thick, even with the air circulation at that point, the mold spore is still going to reproduce. And, 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 and unfortunately two weeks later is when I harvested. And then during the drying process is when I found them. And I initially thought that 
uh, I screwed up on the drying process and the mold happened, but I checked the plants that were still in the grow room and checked for the bud rot and found it. So um, one way to prevent uh, pests and, and mold and things like that is the air circulation, both above the canopy, like through the canopy, um, below the canopy, um, doing, uh, you know, having the air blow onto the soil too is another thing that helps, uh, particularly with fungus gnats, because it's harder for the um, fungus gnats to kind of set up shop there if there's so much wind blowing. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people do defoliation is mm. to prevent pests. Um, because if you have real thick canopies, it's easy for them to kind of uh, congregate in that area and uh, and duplicate, multiply. So, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's a great point, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Training is key. Uh, you'll see a lot of my plants. I I, I kind of believe in the two thirds rule. Uh, the bottom third of the plant is gone. I do not keep the bottom third of the plant. Why? Specifically because of air circulation. I want it to go through and up into the canopy. The second thing is laziness. I don't want to trim those buds because they ain't going to be fun. Uh, so yeah, training, kind of follow that th that two thirds. I'm going to keep the top th two thirds, get rid of the bottom third and, and keep it nice and open. Um, well, get like, rid of those big fan leaves sometimes too. I'd consider that like a stairway from the, the medium to your buds too. So by removing that, if let's say you do have any issues of pests, they like to go down into the medium if you're spraying or if you're doing anything to try to get rid of them. A lot of times with spider mites, especially aphids, um, you know, gnats, that's where they're going to try to burrow down into the medium. So if you're doing something like that, just some quick tips is, of course, dry the medium out as much as you can. Obviously, some mediums you can't dry out too much. You're not going to want a super soil dried out, but you don't want to overly saturate it because they're going to thrive in that medium, of course. If you do have mites, things like that, spraying it will help. Even a high pH water that you're going to spray on there, but just don't don't do anything in flower. If you are going to do anything in flower, the high pH water be the only thing I suggest, but make sure you got good airflow and wind in there because you could deal with the bud rot like Chris dealt with. So there's a lot of things that you can do. We, I've got videos on my channel. I know all three of us have videos that cover different steps, different things that you can kind of do. But when it comes down to each different pest, definitely do that due diligence in the research because treating them all the same way, you could end up dealing with like, you know, they call them zombie mites where you've basically turned these zombie mites into or these regular spider mites into zombie mites, super resilient and it's hard to kill them. You got to hit them all right headshots and not much out on there on the market is going to take care of that. If you just keep on hitting them with the same thing, you're treating them generically like a pest is a pest is a pest. It's going to end up hurting you in the long run and you're going to have to just nuke the whole room. Real quick, um, when it comes, you said it, I don't apply anything to flour. I believe strongly that there is not a single product out there that you can apply to your plants in the flower room despite what it's going to tell you on the label. You yeah, guys? not till harvest. You I guys? totally agree. Okay, great. Chris? Yep. Yeah, because there are, there are products out there that are advertising that they're, that they're friendly to your plants uh, late in harvest. And yeah, I Lost, Coast, uh, our Lost Coast Plant Therapy, I was just reading on the bottle, they say that too. It's like if you want minty buds or to smoke some bizarre chemicals, like, I mean, it's not chemicals really. I mean, I guess natural chemicals, but if you want to smoke that. Once you smoke it, it becomes a chemical. Yeah, so it's, like it's, it's a no-go. The combustibility of some of these things, they don't know. They're not going and smoking, you know, no. adrenal uh, or freaking combined with, uh, let's say, rosemary oil. Like the, the terpene effects, let's say, how this goes, we don't know. So definitely just no. don't do no. it. That would be the golden rule. Take right. that, if right. from anything, don't spray in flour. Prevention but is can, key. You can literally avoid almost all of this 
if you use your IPM system as a proactive method rather than a reactive method. Make sure you're staying clean. Make sure that you're ensuring that your garden's clean. Ensure that your training is on point. And it just make sure that you're taking the steps to ensure that you are, are, are not being complacent or ignorant to the fact that there are pests in your garden. You need to make sure that you're making, have a system in place to control those. Amen. Anything to add, Chris? Don't assume that every single pest is bad. Well, every, well pest is bad, but every yeah. bug yeah. is bad. Um, do your research because oftentimes people post my forum, they have like springtails, which are beneficial, for example. There are beneficial, um, you know, bugs out there. So. Yeah, spiders. Mites. Spiders, you know, you, you know. see the odd wolf spider going across. You welcome that guy. You say hey to that guy, and he's the one that's actually, he is part of your integrated pest management system. He's going to be eating those little things. That's so there the are good. There are good, there are good bugs. You're right. Yeah. So do your best to take a picture of it and then confirm either post on some forum of, of your choice or whatever. Ask for guidance from somebody if you're not sure. Oh, absolutely, man. Well, I think with that being said, another great episode, guys. I love doing this. Going to continue to do this, obviously. If anybody has suggestions, some things that they'd like to see on this channel, conversations you'd like to see the three of us go through, drop them in the comment sections, of course. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. CannabisLifestyleTV.com. You can subscribe there. You want to support the channel. We're going to get some apparel. We're going to get some merchandise. So pay attention to that coming soon. For the crew here from the stash, it's Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV, Pigeons 420, Chris, a.k.a. Mr. Grow It. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.